Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Harimai, namai harimai and welcome to... uh, Caucus, the podcast for the 2023 election campaign. Uh, I'm Tim Watkin. I'm Guy Espiner. I'm Lisa Rowan. And I'm Julian Wilcox, back this week. Welcome back. Welcome Yay. back. It's great to be back. How was the yeah. South? It was uh, It was awesome, although I heard, and this might not be true, but I heard, and it reminded me actually of a quote from the great and late uh, Apirana Mahuika, who said, boy, you were not missed. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> with that in mind, it's great to be well, back. Well, we missed you. <laughs> <laughs> we had to talk more. Um, if you are watching us on YouTube this week, you'll have noticed that you can watch us on YouTube, and you can actually see us this week. If you're listening to us again on your podcast app, then of course we will be there there every Thursday um, until the campaign ends uh, and a week after. But if you want to see us, you can go to YouTube and see us. Cal uh, or yeah. <laughs> We're all in the same room. So we all room. dressed up so beautifully for it. Um, hey guys, there was a poll this week, uh, which obviously is always a good place to uh, get a conversation kicked off. Um, the One News poll this week, and it really had some interesting numbers. Labour. What was the big number, guys? Well, it had a two in front of it. It did. Um, must have sent the shivers up the spines. Uh, really does. It was the Andrew Little trumpet sounding. <laughs> when you get below a certain number, and obviously he bailed out at 24% from the leadership, didn't he? It was yep. 24%. Um, the old saying, if it, it starts with a two, you're in the deep doo-doo. Yeah. yeah. So he deemed it unwinnable and um, bogged off. So now they're getting into territory, which is... Danger, danger. National on 37, the Greens on 12, Act on 13, Te Pāti Māori 2.6, New Zealand First 3.7, um, top 0.6. Um, what do you make of these numbers? I mean, National 37, they have been around the mid-30s for pretty much all of Luxon's time. They're not moving much, That's but that's good for them, right? Yeah, I mean, they were up two and, and Labour down four, so that, that gap increased by 6%. Uh, National um, have to be to be a credible leader of a government up into the into the late 30s, and that seems to be the direction that they're travelling in. I mean, it was interesting to me that Axe voted held up so well with National clearly on the rise and having some momentum. And at that level of 13%, that would they would be the biggest you know supporting partner in a government um, we've ever seen other than New Zealand first in ninety six mm. I mean using mm. a lot of governments with five or six percent support partners. You saw the alliance get to 11% in 1999. They were a pretty significant impact on the first uh, Helen Clark Labour government. But up around 13%, you know, you are a significant player in any government. And I think um, that's going to send people scurrying to, to the ACT website and, to, to, and, and down the far reaches of the ACT list and to say, who are these people and what will they want? 
Yeah, and on that point, so it was um, 65 seats that they ended up with as a mm-hmm. combination, I think, wasn't it? So it was a romping, mm. basically, for a start. And on your point about the smaller party in any kind of coalition, just looking back at David Seymour's comments over the last few months, and he has said ACT should no longer be seen as a small party, um, and of the partnership with National, he said they're going to have to be uh, prepared to share power and be prepared to reverse policies that the Labour Party has put in place. So he's been laying the groundwork knowing his numbers are building and holding. And I think aside from the individual numbers laid out here, the thing is the overall trend that we're seeing in all of these polls now, which is the trend is not the friend Mm. of Labour. The trend is turning out to be the friend of National. And when you looked at Labour bleeding the 4%, uh, the Greens had only gained 2 one, one or two, two. one or two. Yeah. Yeah. So where's the other? Where's where's the other collection going? It suggests the centre is moving right, right? That's the thing. So yeah, it's not it's not going to the fringes. Yeah, to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised by Labor's poll. I thought this was going to happen earlier. Actually, that be muddled and messy, and it was always going to hit two at some point, and it's happened now. You know, I thought the Green poll shows that actually people kind of like the idea of some of the stuff that they've been talking about, particularly around dental stuff. I mean, the poll, there was a poll that said 61% of New Zealand supported that. Just goes to show you if you're clear about what you're doing, you're clear about your policy, you do good policy, people will support you. Mm. And that's held up. So we haven't seen a, a move away from left, left. That left has held, left, left has held, held its ground. A the little Greens. bit. It seems to be sli- I just think it's sliding. I think the. the, the sliding is sliding a little, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And that's. Uh, I wonder what you do if you're Chris Hipkins in that scenario, right? He. Mm. He looked like he was going to try, when he came in, he was going to try and govern his way through this. this is something you were talking about the other day, Guy, that, that you know he was going to be the steady, solid guy in a difficult time. Um, after COVID, we're regrouping. He's talked this week about being about the electorate being grumpy and trying to recognise that. He knows that it's all about the cost of living, and that is, the polls also showed, that's the only thing people care about. But can a Labour Party really out-conservative a Conservative Party? You know, it seems to be that Hipkins... Well, Policy seems to be I'm going to be steady and conservative. No, well, but that, can you win a, Can Labour win an election with that kind of? Well, that's the problem. And if you're talking approach. about the poll, we tag it back to the poll. So the polling period was when um, Chris Hipkins dropped what should have been his his big policies, mm, yeah. right? GST mm. off um, fruit and veg. Mm. And the, the wheels uh, have fallen off the, the supermarket parental. trolley, haven't they? No. Yeah. In, in well, that respect, wobbling, I mean, wobbling five hundred million dollars a year as a policy. The big hit of the policy to launch the campaign—it's an utter dog. Yeah. People don't like it. No one can find um, anyone who supports it with any degree of economic. I'm still sort of not convinced about that. I know I said last week that that you know I think it's a relatively popular policy. The Labour guys I've spoken to are saying, look, it was literally that polling was happening as it came out. Yeah. Give it a week or but two. They stopped talking. Give it about a week it. or two. You know that, that, that they're going to give away. They still reckon it's going to come. They still reckon it's going to. This polling, 29 is the bottom and they can build back from that. This polling was during the time of that policy and the transfer of um, the, the parental leave yep. policy, yeah. right? Yep. The extra four weeks, um, a popo, a popo, yeah. the extra four <laughs> weeks. So 2026 until you get the full four weeks. So those were the big, those were the big policy drops. But does it take time for that drop to hit? That's what they're. I think Labor's People are paying hoping close attention. That, they will, that this the, will still kick the in. The other in a week companion or two. with this poll, which I almost felt was more interesting, perhaps in some ways, was the graph. And I didn't print it out, which, you know, you with all your paper, I, I thought you might have. <laughs> so there was this. this I thought is there was a the history lesson. <laughs> no, it's coming. It's coming. That's later. 
So the poll where they asked people what the things were that mattered most to them, right? Unsurprising, the one right at the top was cost of living. Yeah. Mm. And it was a, it was a sideways bar graph, yeah. right? Mm. Whoa, and it went way out into the future horizons, yeah. right? And then underneath, everything else that you think potentially could be making people grumpy is way smaller. Yeah. Yeah. So much smaller. Even housing, even it's the economy. Yeah. 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 But so it is the economy the, stupid. Yes, no, but, it's but, the cost of living economy. Yes, but they don't see it like as that. The is the perception? Right. So because yeah. they had cost of living and economy as two separate things, right. and everything under the cost of living was a tiny little bargain. So yes, yeah. the voters aren't upset about what the Reserve Bank or any particular macroeconomics. They're, they're it's filling the car, yep. it's feeding the kids, it's you know being able to afford. It's a technical recession thing. We're in a recession now, and people go, hmm, okay, all right, but um, worse to come kind of thing. That's what people are talking yeah. about. You can see what Labor's game plan is, right? They're counting on Hipkins to outdo Luxon in the campaign trail. They're going to try and paint Luxon as Romney, and that's what they're going to try and do to try and get the vote back and make this a presidential-style campaign. And they're hoping that that will hit with the support, not only for them, but also drag some support back to the centre and back to him. Is it going to work? Probably not. I, I agree with um, Lisa's point about policy. I think they picked the wrong policies, led with them, didn't help, didn't land. I don't think giving them more time is going to work. You know, we wish um, Chris Hipkins' um, daughter, I think it is, who, who, who's in hospital at the moment, has got him off the off the trial. We wish her well. But counting on him to out-campaign Luxon in a leadership-style election is not going to work. Well, this is this was the big, this was the number that really jumped out of me from the poll, which was the preferred prime minister's mm. face, right? Was that Luxon? We know it's. He's always been lacklustre luck. Luxon, people haven't particularly... But now it's ho-hum Hipkins, right? So it's 20 and 21. 20 and 21. Yeah. Well, Hipkins yeah, is down. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the scenario you're looking at. So when you your talk presidential about, campaign... Yeah, when you, when you talk about a presidential campaign, uh, you know, um, and, and what you're potentially staring down the barrel is, is two unpopular leaders, mm. and then it really is... Uh, the and it always is the party vote that matters. But you know, if you have a charismatic leader, that yeah. can swing things for you. So if we're regarding them, are they now two unpopular leaders on twenty and twenty one percent? Then you look to the party vote, and we go back to the trend. And who is their friend? Yeah. Um, here's the history lesson because this is okay. Uh, good. This okay, is I'm getting comfortable. Hold on. <coughs> Let me get my cup Grab of tea. my cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the, the the low leader. So Hipkins was you know seven eight ten points ahead of, of Hipkins and has come down. And we haven't seen this an unpopular prime minister since Shipley in ninety nine. Clark versus Shipley. You had two very unpopular leaders going head to head then, right? They were both around the similar things, uh, similar numbers. Clark was twenty percent at this time in the campaign in ninety nine. Shipley was seventeen percent at the same time in the campaign in, in uh, ninety nine. So you're seeing similar numbers there. The what happened in ninety nine? You had Shipley, who was a follow-up leader after Bolger, so Hipkins after Ardern. Um, the government was looking in a bit of a mess. New Zealand first was, was falling apart with National. In this case, you've got Labour arguably falling apart with themselves. Um, so there's some interesting comparisons there. The opposition had Helen Clark, who was an unpopular leader at the time. Luxon could play that role. So if it's 1999 over again, Labour loses, right? That the, the, incumbency, the incumbency was the bad thing. 
that's the interesting thing for me, was incumbency was you were copying all the blame rather than getting all the credit for it. Yeah, I mean, the major difference there is that was a three-term Three national term government. government. <laughs> this is yeah. a two-term Labor government so far. But I think your, your points largely hold, and I would argue that the time warp of COVID has meant this feels like a three-term oh, government. Absolutely. And I think if you ask people, just, you know, people in, in the street, as it were, they do feel it's been like nine years. And and part of that has been the fact that we spent a lot of, the, a lot of those last couple of years, you know, homeschooling our kids <laughs> and... and <laughs> And, and having and, the government and, and in your living room one, at 1pm every day. And one o'clock yeah. Yeah. Um, Apart from your state-mandated walk around the block. So it, it has felt like that. Um, and, and that's probably pro- pro- probably played against them to a considerable degree. But yeah, I think I think your analogy large, largely holds. It, it, look, in short, it's very hard to see Labour coming back from here in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the interesting thing for me is 3.7 is close enough to 5 now. For Winston, Peter. For Winston and New yeah, Zealand yeah. first. And I know that we asked each other a couple of weeks ago whether or not we were prepared to put our things on the line here <laughs> about whether they were going to hit the 5%. Um, Shane Jones is not a dumb guy, and I know we're going to talk about Shane in a certain bit of video that he's done. Um, but you can see they're going to start doing things out of the box to try and get to that 5%. It's okay. not far away. Let's play this. Um, we'll Are do we the, doing it no, now? No, no, we'll, no, we'll, 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 no, we'll, no, we'll, 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 we will not work with any party that promotes racism and separatism. <laughs> Interesting logic. We can debate the logic till the cows come home, but we that talked about coupled this with the press release about toilets. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, so that is that is Labour is yeah. not. I mean, on, in a funny way, I mean, the, them, right? the, question, the question everyone's been exercising with themselves, with including our own caucus, has been what will Luxon do? Yeah. In some ways, it it it, it, it takes that decision away from him to a degree because he New Zealand First is surrendering its leverage to try to get back into Parliament. Right. It wants to be in Parliament not in government, really because if it wanted to be in government it, it would use that, oh we could go with either side and then you go into and do the deals and, and ratchet it up and see where you, where you get to but given he um, if, if he does get into uh, back into Parliament um, he doesn't really have that option um, of of denying Luxon government, does he? No, and um, I think that's having... a really interesting point about whether New Zealand First even wants government. You assume with Winston Peters and Shane Jones, the baubles of office, they love being around the cabinet table. Yeah, I don't but, think they do this time. But I'm not sure they want to be part of a... I think they want to be back in Parliament. When you've been yes, out in the To wild. rebuild, yeah. to rebuild. And yeah. just because they love it. And, you know, and, Shane Jones and Winston Peters love being in Parliament, and yeah. that's where they want to be. They want to be back there. I well, don't think well, that's well, up to well, And do they want to be part of a na- national act government that could be quite radical? No, no, well, I don't well, think so, they do. So the other thing I think to come back to the national thing is you're yeah. right. I don't think Chris Luxon has to do anything. Not now, because no. if he does, it gives leverage to Winston to say, "See, none of these guys want us. Right. So we're the party for you." Because everyone else has ruled us out. So I don't think he should do it, and I don't think he will do it. I think the other thing is the reason why they get, want to get back into Parliament is Shane wants the leadership. He wants to get back into Parliament, so there's a peaceful Winston's transition. Never leave. He, he. I Ever. think if you talk to him now, and I've had a couple of conversations with him, you know, and interviewed him, I it's think he just wants to get him to shove yeah. it up people to say, I can get back in against all odds, yeah. and then peaceful transition to power. He may yeah, not want not to leave theory. as leader. Winston Peters may not want to leave as leader, but eventually all of us leave. 
But as we've, yeah. as as you you know the story, the Strom Thurmond story from Winston Peters, right? When he his political hero out of the states is Strom Thurmond, who died in Congress, age ninety nine. Well, I'm isn't not that, suggesting that's the not the way Winston? he's going to go, but <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You, you you know what do they say? Taxes and yeah. so you know eventually it's it's how long you see the succession plan out into the future. Do you see Luxon ruling out New Zealand first? Well, it goes back to the point of why would you? Because at the moment... To look strong. How about that as a theory? To make Luxon look... I, I think Julian's right. That it, that, oh, that'll just give uh, Winston Peters um, oxygen. more oxygen yes. for his... They're all against me, which he loves He loves that. And and when you look at it from Luxon's point of view, well, so what if New Zealand first get back in? Hmm. Let's say they get back in with 5.1% of the vote and get seven P- MPs and Act and National have enough for a majority. Then well, how does that worry Luxon at all? I mean, it, 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 it won't... Don't worry him. And New Zealand First will be yeah. happy um, and they'll be um, sniping at, at, at both um, sides. Yeah. But So I, I can't see how that advantages Luxon at this point. Yeah, and Luxon's ideal again is he wants NZ First at 4.99%. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Wasted vote. Wasted yeah. vote. I mean, that's just, just so people understand that. Like, so with with National and Act um, in that poll at 50%, right, weren't they? Because it was 13 and mm. 37. Yeah. They would still get 65 seats because of the wasted vote. And on that Assuming poll... Assuming that they don't win an electorate. Y- yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, New Zealand First would have to win an ele- electorate if they were at 3.7 or 4 point whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. That, that wasted vote, you get a p- 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 proportion of that. So that poll is showing that you would get 37% of 3.7. Yeah. Yeah. Just so people... You get the yeah, redistribution. You get yeah. that re- yeah. redistribution. Yeah. On the subject of that video from Winston Peters and we will not go with Labour, yeah. I'm just wondering what happened with um, we'll wait and the public decides what happens with the formation of government because that's previously been his stance. Right? Oh, yeah. well, are you... Are you, are you Asking for consistency. <laughs> this is, this Just is, saying, words matter. This is the party of. I know words, that the words the change, change every time. You know, that's not my expression. I'll never, words I'll matter. I've never been in a government way. with Mr. Bolger and Mr. Yeah. Shipley. Yeah, or I in mean, 2005, I mean, we are definitely going to sit on the cross bench and, I, and he was the foreign but minister I think, after the election. You, know, you, you, like, you like a history lesson. Oh, that's, yeah. Rec- yeah. that's a recent history yes. lesson because, you know, that's normally, true. normally the cry, the catch cry is. It's up to the voters of the public yeah. to decide let's go. what the lay of the land will be. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the, the only other thing I was going to say on the poll yeah, was uh, Māori Party at 2.7%. They want three. Yeah, uh, because they want to drag in a very young, capable future leader of the party in Hanarafati, my P. Clark. Twenty years old. Twenty years old, and we'll talk a little bit more about sure. that with lists and stuff like that. Well, let's they... get in, let's actually get in the list. That's where yeah. I was going to go yeah. next because it was interesting. On the right, um, Michael Woodhouse obviously was uh, the big loser on the national list, um, but he look he he. Um, backed away from, he was supposedly said that it was because he was male and stale that he got left out. He said, no, I didn't say that. But he gave a really interesting... In, he said in, he didn't use those words. No, right? but he yeah. kind of, it was kind <laughs> of said, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but look, let's hear him, because he gave a really interesting interview and talked about a little bit of tension on the right. But I think there is a challenge in getting more diverse candidates in winnable blue seats. Uh, there's also a challenge in the fact that you know, the party vote really hasn't moved over the last year um, and, you know, people are going to have to get used to the name of the um, 16th ranked list uh, candidate for ACT because they're probably going to be an MP and six years ago, 10 of those uh, 15 list MPs would have been national list MPs. So that's been a problem for the party, I think, in trying to get diversity in a static number of likely seats. 
I mean, this is the thing with uh, us Pākehā that we love diversity until it affects us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and suddenly you're back into need and all these That's right. This diversity is great, but not my job. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's interesting saying there that National has actually, um, the quest for, for diversity has ceded some ground to act. You know, has actually ceded, is going to cede potentially 10 MPs, he's saying, to, to act, which is interesting. Yeah, but to be honest with you, I didn't think it was a diverse list for National. No, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> think I mean, Tupper particularly... Hortuck is at 23 yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, you know. I would expect him to be in a, in a cabinet, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the guy, you know, considering what he did at Hamilton West and all that kind of stuff, and he's capable and yeah. very well held well, without Māori, throughout Māori, you would have thought he'd be a lot higher. I mean, as I say, I didn't think it was that much of a diverse list, but anyway. No, I agree with that. I was, I was surprised that it wasn't more diverse, given what Luxon has been saying, yeah. and given what he was saying his record had been at um, Air New Zealand and, and other But that's the regional roles. committees of national, right? And the, 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 the yeah. Luxon can do the overall and his committee can at the national level can can drop the, the list to some extent, but he can only use the pieces that the regional committees oh, give him. Yeah, right? but strong leaders make phone calls and, and nudge people and say things and get their way to some degree. I mean, so you can you can do a bit more than the process allows. But who knows whether whether he, he tried to force his hand more, I don't know. I thought overall, because that, that is from ZB, that interview, mm. and he was talking to Mike Hosking, and if you listened to the whole interview, there were some very telling little moments, I thought, in it. Um, and Mike Hosking sort of asked him, and this is me summing up the words, um, you know, what he thought was going on with his list position, and he said, what is it? Are you just, are you too mouthy? Too mouthy. Are you yeah. too mouthy? And, and is there something else at play here? Or maybe you don't want to talk about that. Was those things were put to him where they just where you think oh so what are you saying is there, well, when, is there some when, other personality clash going on no. behind the scenes when he when he, when he was asked about where you were well, well, he said yeah maybe but and then he was yeah. um, asked a question where he went on to say no no I think Christopher Luxon will make a great Prime but the interesting comment there was he was saying that Lux's numbers are stuck for the past year. Actually, National isn't growing, and that's clearly frustrating someone like him with the National. Yeah, I mean, the thing that cracks me up about people like Michael Woodhouse and others is um, if you want to be a surgeon, don't complain about the blood. <laughs> You're going to get knifed at some point in politics, and that's, that's the way it goes. And to be fair, I guess he said that. He did say that. No, he, and he, he said, did, yeah, and then he yeah, said yeah. look, I've had a good time. And, and he was a health accountant too, so he should know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but this also brings us back in some ways to um, uh, David Parker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and him saying, I'm not wanting to be the revenue minister anymore um, because I can't. You know, you know my position on this particular policy, right? Mm. And he was criticised for potentially um, causing a stir around his party at a very critical time, right? Yep. So then you have Michael Woodhouse, who is flapping his jaws about his list um, position, right when the, there is a sort of calmness seemingly within the national camp, and they're pointing to all the missteps in, in the Labour camp, yes. and then all of a sudden you're all over the place not using the words um, that you're pale, male and stale, but you you kind of got the inference going on there. Yeah. The man ban, as they called it. The man Thank you, David Cutlass. Yeah. It also brings us back to ACT. Um, and just, I because he said that about the 16th ranked ACT MP. You had a look um, who it was? I, I had a look who it is. Do you know who it is? No. Only because I've got the list in front of me. It's not it, Ollie, is it? No. no it is a guy called Rod Douglas. And if the surname <laughs> means something to you, no, it is the nephew. You, no, I'm buzzing in. It's You've got nephew. his name wrong. His name is not Rod. Rod. Rob. 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 Rog. Rod. Rob. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Okay, well, we just it's illustrated Uncle, the It's point. Uncle Roger to him. 
Um, yeah, it is the nephew of Sir Roger Douglas. Um, well, who, there you go. Who has this year said that he might not even be voting Act because they've lost the plot. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but isn't it interesting? He's a farm, he grew up on a farm near Havelock North. He's, um, he's in the uh, Tukituki seat standing for them. Um, so there you go. If you and like the Woodhouse, would, if you need to know the name this, of the 16th ranked. This would be Robinomics, would it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, but, but also, it goes to the point of the list, right? Because we saw um, uh, Act uh, have some issues with its list um, candidates in the last couple of days. Mm. Um, uh, does this suggest that, you're talking about wheels falling off shopping trolleys, but can Act sustain the scrutiny it's going to going to endure in well, the next we, well, I mean, month to be or two? Fair, to, possi- probably not. But but to be fair to them, I mean, I and I think other journalists were um, looking around at this current lot, thinking, "Gee, who's going to blow up here?" Yeah. And and they haven't um, in this parliamentary term, and they've been pretty disciplined. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of these smaller parties. You look at some of the New Zealand First, and and some of the um, have obviously dived deep into some rabbit holes to pick up some of these candidates because um, some media reporting about some of these um, some of the anti vaxxers that they've got on board. Um, look, that's my view, my choice of words, I'll own that. Um, but, um, you know, there's always some fairly interesting characters in the far reaches of, of some of these um, smaller party lists, aren't there? And even in some of the larger party lists. I mean, the yeah, fact of yes. the matter is, um, for exam- example, Sam Uffendall, mm. right? So his selection process then came under severe scrutiny after it was um, found out that he was involved in a, in a bullying incident, you would say, as a school as a school kid, and he, yeah. he stole it was, with the it was, it was a long time ago. He's been to the supermarket three times to do Since the shopping. Then, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is that it happens to all of them, and it's happened to the National Party several times, and they've had several oopsies with various candidates. That guy, um, what was his name, Jake Bazant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Over on the shore. Um, and then Todd Barclay, obviously. Oh, there was there. a rogues gallery yeah, of them. I mean, there's Absolutely. a rogues gallery of them. And so it happens to all of them, right? And even, I mean, you'd argue that Gaurav Sharma, who kind of yep, yeah. went off on a tangent at, at one point. So they're all faced with that difficulty, but more so when you've previously been um, person alone in Parliament and then you drag all these other people in with you or yeah. bring them all in with you. That's and right. I can remember at the last election, after the fact, getting on the phone with the Act list, going, who are these people? Yeah. And we actually did a ring around to, you know, say, oh, hello, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a few things about you? And one, I think it was Tony Severin, said, oh, I'm a crafter. And you were thinking, oh, I'm just <laughs> learning about these people for the, you well, know. Well, I think this is an interesting point. For, the the more wider time. point is, that, and we possibly don't um, do enough of this in the media, um, possibly don't do as much as we should um, to tell people about these Listen, but you can only do as, as much as you can do. But I don't think people and voters look too far down the list. Do you think anyone's really looking at anyone other than Winston Peters for New Zealand First, for example, or really David Seymour and perhaps um, Brooke Van Velden? Yeah, Um, Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, if you have a look, you know, United Future and the worm, um, the alliance, yes. what happened with the alliance, right? Um, you're absolutely right. I think people look at one and two and that's about it. So New Zealand first, the chain and Winston, yep. um, you know, with, with ACT, it's um, Brooke and David Seymour. Mm. So you're absolutely right. The other thing, though, is interesting, isn't it, that ACT didn't fall apart. No. <laughs> Actually, right. with the seven or eight or how many no. it had in the last term, and natural fact has increased it. So one assumes that they'll be able to hold on to that, but 16 people is a lot of people yeah. if you only have a small party structure. Yeah. And I, th- I would argue for complete unknowns that some of those... Uh, um, have actually uh, become recognisable. 
there is this trend of politicians when they talk on um, front of television cameras that they get a row behind them of their su- hmm. supporting, nodding colleagues. And sometimes you're looking at the main parties and you're thinking, who's that to the mm. left? You know, right. who's that? We need a group of those in here. Yeah, don't yeah. Like <laughs> just nodding <laughs> sagely just nodding at sagely yes. wisdom. But um, I would argue in terms of the ACT MPs, obviously you've mentioned David Seymour and obviously Brooke Van Velden who, are, who have high profiles, but obviously Nicole McKee, who was the... Um, Licensed fire yeah. owners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. she's she's known now. Andrew Hoggard obviously is on their list. Yeah, and absolutely. He's, yeah. he's, he's, um, he's, got he's got a high profile. And then I would also argue that um, Karen Chaw has made a name for herself speaking to issues around yes. um, welfare and state stuff. care yeah. and social policies. So they have actually sort of got established their faces and then they've got a few in here who have got higher profiles so it's yeah it's interesting no Seymour runs a tight ship you've got to give him that um but maybe he needs to look closer to home because if anything ex controversy this week was was generated by himself well, in my in my fantasy we'd send a guy called Guy Fawkes in there and it'll be all over but we'll probably have to have a more formal approach than that I wince hearing that. Mm. Yeah, I just think um, it was what. Yeah, he's got some good lines, as, as you say. That wasn't one of them. It was appalling. No. And I think you just sometimes you get it wrong. The 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 joke you made falls falls flat or or just doesn't land and and is is in poor taste. My own view is that that was a real mistake, and he should have mm. apologised. You just don't want to be doing that. He says that. the phraseology. It's a metaphor more than a joke, right, that you want to go in and blow things up. People talk about going in and blowing things up. That's all he was You've got to think about sensitivities, though. If you'd said that on a plane, you'd be handcuffed, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you have to think about other external sensitivities. You're not just some person in the tea room, um, you know, yeah. under the zip having and a little... And he's taken exception, exception at right Rawiri uh, Waititi uh, in, in the past and other comments from Māori Party about... Um, about Karakaberries. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Let's have a listen. Let's have a listen. Rawiri Waititi made a comment. He made a joke about poisoning you with seeds, poisonous seeds in his kanaka necklace. Uh, what did you make of it? Oh, look, it, it was a bit more than that. I mean, he also said, you know, re-indigenise yourself. Uh, and uh, we've also had the president of a Maori party, John Tamahiri, say, act as the white settler party and you should go to Australia. Um, when a political party starts singling people out by race, saying we're going to poison you, you don't belong in our community and you should leave, uh, you know, that's actually hateful. Uh, and I think those guys need to explain that because if it was anyone else, uh, I think there would be a total outcry. It's interesting, eh? I mean, the guy always talks about people who talk about race and they're racists and things like that. The guy that talks about race the most in Parliament is him. Um, which and is he kind says of if it was anyone else, now it is But the other thing was, he had that argument won, right? Well, when we talk about the issue that occurred and that welcome for the new CE or the Secretary for the Ministry for Pacific Peoples, he, he put it out in public... Got the information, you know, with Simeon Brown that talked about it, got it out in public. People were, were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's a high cost. Uh, eventually that, that payment got paid back. Um, argument done. Then to keep going on and talk about blowing people up just shows you that there is a bit of a lack of discipline. Maybe this is the pressure of the campaign coming up, right? The guy's constantly now in the media. People are going to try and trip him up and he's just got to be a bit more careful. But I just thought it was really, actually really poor. And the other issue then was that people started jumping on top of him and talking about him in this way. And then he keeps going back to the race argument. 
that's his constant defence, is that though they're just talking about separatism and race, when he's the one that keeps talking about it and keeps putting it out in public. And but when does he trips that up, land with his voters? Is that, the point? Is, that, is that where some of his 13% is coming from? Maybe that lands. No, no, it does, but, but he's getting new voters now, and those will be the first ones that start switching away when he starts saying things like blowing people up. I think he's a man that chooses his words um, carefully, normally, and yeah. he has a lot of little quips that you think, ah, you didn't just think of that on the yeah. fly. You put that one in your back pocket and you've been waiting for the opportunity to use it. He has little phrases and um, quotable grabs that he rolls out in interviews that he's got ready for when he's asked particular questions. So he's normally careful with his words, right? Yeah. So I, I think too, now? getting back to the substance of what he was saying, and I think, as I said, said it very poorly, mm. that he wants to scrap the Ministry for Pacific Peoples. Um, and if you look at Act's policy, they want to reduce the public service by 30%. So they're going to go back to 2017 levels. Now that, by half. MB by half from 6,000, is it, to 3,000? Yep. Now, I'm sure there's some people running around MB who um, aren't um, absolutely mission critical. But um, it, it'd be... Pretty fascinating if it's National Act government, which is the polls are telling us, um, and Act really digs its heels in. There's going to be some pretty tough conversations because that would be tens of thousands of people mm. unemployed. And imagine the scrap that you would get into if you did actually try to abolish some of those um, th- some of those ministries. Well, he said very clearly, share power. And I don't know what your interpretation of the word share is. Does that mean we have a pie? You get one slice, and I get the rest. Or does share mean equal? In a coalition, so I mean, and co-governance. He's a man, as I said, who's very careful with his words, yeah, and yeah. he says that they have to be prepared to share yeah. power, and that um, ACT is no longer a small mm. party. Yeah. Well, I tell you, if so he real change. Mistakes, he's talking he about real change. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or he's saying share is an S H E E R, and literally trying to decentralise and get rid of more of that central bureaucracy and get rid of stuff, right? So the, which is what he's saying. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, um, Tom Portugal, who's currently the uh, spokesperson for Māori development, will be out of a job if David Seymour gets his way, because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be a the kōkiri. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole list. It's not just... Oh, Open um, White MB. Rail, Callaghan Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Human kind of Rights, of Rights Commission Rights was one yeah. of them yeah. that he's previously mentioned. I mean, there's a massive list. And so, yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting that he... The, the thing of your point you're making, Lisa, that, that he he's, it's, he's campaigning for real change, this thing... He must know that as a small party, you get small windows of opportunity, right? Mm. So this next three years, if he gets there and if he gets 13%, and as you say, this would be one of the biggest minor parties ever, he, he's, he's not going to die wondering, right? He's not going to leave anything on the field. No, he's, he's going to... This is like three years, I'm going to go for it. I think that's right, because he's still pretty young too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you're right. And he said he doesn't... He, he, unlike other people that you've referenced earlier today, he doesn't want to go out of Parliament in a coffin. His, this is for a period of time, and yeah. he anticipates another career, right? Mm. So, And I wonder, actually, and this has more dawned on me if we've been having this conversation, I, I, I wonder whether Labour is going to go for the fear factor now and say... They've already started. Yeah, they've already started. Calvin Davis comments this yeah, week. I, yeah, but I think know? they'll really ratchet that up. Up, but, and, and look at the, the the fear of the of the act government. Yeah, yeah. but, but so. Calvin Davis, you would have seen the comments, Julian. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried for Māori. What yeah. will this mean for Māori? How are we going to get treated? Yeah. They've already started that. What does this look like? Uh, Chris Hipkins in the House the other day saying, "What were the words? You're propped up." 
you're propped up by a bunch of um, anti-vaxxers. Well, we'll listen to this little clip from Chris um, Hipkins this week because this, I think, painted it beautifully. We've got a lot of work to do. Look, there's no question about this. We go into this campaign as the underdog. We're going to be getting out there working hard. We're going to be sharing a positive vision for New Zealand's future. And we're up against an opposition that want to cut a whole lot of things. And they're going to have to be a lot more transparent with New Zealanders about exactly what it is they're going to cut to pay for their promises. We want to be really positive, but those other guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where people like Willie Jackson will start coming to the fore. He'll yeah. be leaning and he on was bad the other cops. one. He'll be leaning on bad cops that will be going for the throat. Yeah. There's no way around it. It's, it's it's so it's interesting. People have talked about this becoming a nasty campaign from the fringes, but you might see the nasty campaign coming from the centre. Um, yeah, and they and they have like like I was talking about there, Calvin Davis, also Willie Jackson that same day. It was like they'd all been handed a sheet with their lines before they walked out. Words like you know worry, I'd be worried, I'm concerned about what's going to happen to this group of people in terms of emphasising the negativity and the unknown of what an act national um, coalition would look like, what policies are in, what policies are out. Well, the coalition stuff, we talked about New Zealand First earlier. Um, Seymour is on record saying that he has ruled out working with New Zealand First if mm-hmm. the party is given cabinet positions, but he's refused to say yet whether ACT would accept any other kind of arrangement in government with New Zealand First. Yeah, I mean, I think you right? you, you might sort, sort of see a scenario where, uh, you know, National Act had 61 or 2 or 3 um, out of 120, 121, and so they had a, th- a thin majority, and they worked out some sort of understanding that New Zealand First would, would give confidence and supply. Or Seymour's... Uh, that, that, that's something. Yeah. He, he said... I, my, my point was just that he said um, he will confirm his full position on Winston Peters if the party polls at or over 5% in multiple polls. How um, recently, though? Because he's been hinting. Yeah, OK. 3rd of August. Um, um, because I've got, just looking, when I was looking at the polls this week, 58 had New Zealand first in the latest Courier poll, the essential poll out of The Guardian in Australia, 5.3. Roy Morgan had him at 5. David Seymour, I think your time has come. You said you would clarify the position when Winston Peters polled at five or over in multiple polls they have now mm. so David Seymour our challenges to you yep. from caucus is to name your name it I think the other thing is this sets itself up well for the Māori Party why because Rabadi Waititi and Debbie get a lot of coverage on stuff that, and obviously this is ironic given what has happened over the last couple of days particularly in Parliament but anyway we won't go there but they get no, a lot not. of coverage <laughs> out of what they talk about particularly with David Seymour Labour's in a dangerous position of being wedged by the Māori Party on key Māori issues particularly in the electorate races. There'll be some really close ones and I think they'll get even closer. The more that David Seymour becomes popular, the more the Māori Party will come in and say a lot more, which is why Willie Jackson's obviously going to be one of the front people. But I think in the Māori electorate races, um, this is going to be an issue that people want to hear from. Māori voters want to hear more about how Labour and the Māori Party are going to deal with David Seymour. And at the moment, the Māori Party is probably the one that has the arguments and the lines set up properly and they haven't heard enough from Labour on that. And I think that's going to have an impact on polling day. That's interesting. Um, there was one interesting bit that I know we've talked about before we end. Um, we wanted to talk about before we end, which was the cancer policy, uh, policy yeah, from, from National this week, which was really interesting. Let's um, have a listen to uh, Chris Hipkins about how <laughs> they were going to pay for this. This change will reduce the cost of prescriptions, the prescription subsidy by about $316 million over four years. And the majority of those savings will be used, therefore, to fund access to the 13 cancer treatments with the remaining savings remaining in the health budget. Sorry, Chris Luxon, of course. Too many Chris's Too in many the mix. Chris's, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Luxon. Okay. But yes, so, yeah. 
Talk so take, taking back the prescription, free prescriptions for all, but not taking it back from everyone. No. So if you've got a community services card, you will get free prescriptions. If you're a pensioner and you've got a gold card, you'll get free prescriptions. Everybody else is going to pay five bucks with it capped at 100 per whanau per family, $100. So that was the clawback, right? That basically gives them, by their graph in their um, calculations I'm going by, that gives them back half, half of what was going to be spent on free prescriptions. Yep. And with that money... 70 million, give or take, a year, they yeah. will fund this 13, these 13 new cancer treatments. So four years, 70 million a year, um, totaling 280 million. Yeah. That, that is the saving they are making from presenting what they would argue is a targeted approach to free prescriptions. So they, they save um, half of what Labour was going mm. to spend I think and it, redirecting it I, I, to I think it'll be popular. My only criticism mm. with it is that they have named these 13 drugs right, Amen. been very specific about them, Preach. which is a, a, a total obliteration of Pharmac's independent model mm. yep. and also utterly upends Pharmac's negotiating power. Now, you, you probably know, I've, I've looked into Pharmac quite deeply over the last few years, and one of the things they treasure is their list of which drugs they're going to fund, and it's secret, and it's, that's frustrating for people. But it means when they negotiate with a drug company, and a big multinational drug company, Sanofi or GSK or whatever, then they can say, well, we might fund this, we might not, and, and you, you know, you've got leverage in that negotiation. You think of Pharmac's position now. Exactly. They've got named drugs. They're mm-hmm. naming exactly which drugs yeah, they are. So drug drug you, companies if you're like, a drug company, right, and you produce this drug, show you know the money. That Pharmac has to yeah. fund it because yeah. you've you've got a government promise. Now Pharmac will still be independent, yeah. but 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 really, in reality, if the prime minister has staked his, he can't roll this back now. No. So a you, you're trampling on Pharmac's independence about which are the drugs to to to, to fund. Uh, to, to be fair to National, the Cancer Control Agency which, uh, did it. identify these drugs. Yeah. So okay. But um, they've named the drugs and they've also, um, you know, I think, uh, undermined Pharmac's potential negotiation position yeah. quite not, considerably. Not, not the first time that National No, well, Herceptin, Herceptin was the name of the drug in 08 and keyed yeah. key yeah, something similar. Yeah. But if you look back on that, Jonathan Coleman, the health minister, by about 2016 was saying it was a mistake to have done well, that. And, the thing- and then and Labour, who was opposed to it at the time, then Andrew Little ended up going, you know, it's fun, fun, with Trude, and they switched yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Trude, I mean, it? the difference <laughs> between the two with Herceptin and this list of bar, uh, drugs now is, as you pointed out, the Cancer Control Agency has said there is research that um, supports the use of these drugs. And these are the 13 that are funded in Australia and not Correct, here. correct. Yeah. But Herceptin was different in the sense that Pharmac at the time said the evidence did not support extending the period of time that you got and they, funding for. And they for. were right, apparently. Right, so, yeah. so there is a difference in yes, the sense that there is a body that has said, actually, these are the go-tos, they're showing, um, they're showing that they are working, but I agree with your point about this is supposed to be a politically just, just independent Just quickly, because Julian wants in on this too, but just quickly, um, they could have got that 280 million and said, we're going to ring fan... fan Ring fence that for, for cancer, cancer treatments and, and then leave it to, yeah. to them because yeah. then you don't have say. That's okay. what I was yeah. going to say. But I think this is Luxon trying to trying to paint himself out as a leader and saying this is what we're going to do. Right now we talked about Luxon and his ability to be able to seem to be a strong leader and warm. This is warm. Yeah, isn't and, it? and 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 which again not one of his key strengths. <laughs> right. So this is him trying to put himself out. This is what I how I saw it when I saw the press conference was that oh okay he's been very direct 
trying to be empathetic yeah. we all and trying to paint himself. That's right. This That's is, right. You know, this is, this is me. This is me leading this yeah. out. Yep, Shane's over here and all that kind of stuff. But this is me leading that out. Didn't take into consideration your point. And again, I think it shows sometimes that he just gets a little bit off. This was also an opportunity for his health guy to shine. Shane Retty reads well in these kinds of situations. When he fronts the press conference, he can answer the questions. Mm. You can see the doctor in him. You know, he's very (laughs) assuring and all the rest of it. In terms of whether this is a popular policy or not, I think it was very interesting on Checkpoint that night when we ran the story, absolute flood of texts and listener feedback. They were irritated, highly irritated, by the fact that taking from someone else to Mm. give to someone else in the health arena. They didn't like that at all. Even though it's capped at 100 bucks, right? You still will only pay up to $100. They did not like this, that that people were being, they thought, pitted against each other. That's really interesting because when you're sitting there in a political party room, it could seem like really clever politics to be able to say, ha, Labour's got this really popular policy about free prescriptions. We can undermine that, right? We can be really clever and, and we can actually say, look, we can take this free prescription stuff and still give the people who need it, but turn into cancer and ha, aren't we politically clever? But you make it a zero-sum game. Favorite. It's a zero-sum game then between mm. prescriptions and cancer people. And why should it be? Cancer, you know, the, it's not like the health budget is fixed. Just put it, mm. give it to both. Yeah, my own view was it was good politics. Yeah. I mean, I've outlined my problems with the policy, but I think it was good politics. I, I mean, I think... Because for that reason? Yeah, it but, but, oh, the... just because people, everyone knows someone and, and um, who, who, who's, who's been affected by cancer. And come on, let, let's not compare cancer um, with, with with me having to pay five bucks. I, I, I do have to use quite a few prescriptions because I'm diabetic mm. and, and I can afford to, and I've got no problem with doing it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't think that you can compare that with... with with facing no. facing terminal cancer because you can't afford these these drugs. I mean, this has been harrowing for people over over many mm. years. Having to go to Australia, we've all done the stories. How many stories have sure. we done on those? That, yeah. those sorts and this of things? works out. This is a thousand people a year that they say it will help, yeah. which works out at seventy k a person, and it comes back to that thing. Um, how much is the life? I worth? think it'll be popular. Um, vaping very quickly. Popular was that a? Brian's got a story on. (laughs) Hang on, all right. This is a cause of irritation. So the the health minister comes out what uh, six to eight weeks ago and announces some variations to the vape rules. Mm. We're not going to allow you to put a new store within three hundred meters of Marae or a school. Are you telling me? that something has changed so significantly in that six to eight weeks that you're having a second suck of the salve. You know, you didn't didn't know. You didn't know. 7,000 vape shops to 600. You didn't know the problem with 7,000 vape shops before. I mean, they're massively out of control. And parents are tearing their hair out. And this this looks pretty desperate. It's the cell phone policy. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, was, oh, my gosh, this is their cell phone policy moment. (laughs) And I couldn't see how this was going to work. And it didn't feel like it was well thought through to be honest, when I heard it, but anyway. Interesting. All right, guys, we're, we're probably out of time. So um, if, um, let's just take a moment, though, to appreciate the artistry that we saw in politics this week. The artist formerly known as Shane Jones. <laughs> I'm back and making Northland great again. Shane Jones, believe them. Taking finals to the ceiling They came back in the iwi Oh yeah <laughs> I 
mean, Trump and Brash both um, acknowledged there the K-back and the <laughs> Iwi yeah. and the making Northern great again. He's not wow. a great singer, but he's a better singer than Don Brash. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I saw a Can we ban video. TikTok in schools as well? Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a video where he's talking about, oh, I've got these experts that are making this video for me. And I was going, well, well that's wrong. They're not experts. I love the Teletubby, you know, um, I'm kind of inspired moment where he's in the hills. Um, it is um, Teletubby. It's Teletubby. Oh, um, my God. I, 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 love, I love the fact that he's singing the song completely off key, but also off beat. Um, <laughs> and as I said earlier, Shane Jones is not dumb. No. Right. He knows that he's he's battling for coverage in Northland. He needed to do something, and this is him trying to get his name out there. Trust me, there are people apparently in Tangi at home up in the north who are singing this song as their waiata after their mihi. No. <laughs> everyone has heard it. No Every, way. Everyone has heard it. It has got out there at the moment. Um, the man is not dumb. He, he's had to do something, and he's injected himself into a bit of conversation at the risk of his reputation and also at the risk of um, people never taking him seriously again. But he's in the conversation. It's funny because I associate him with a different type of video. Yeah, well, that's true. <gasps> and that is caucus for this week. <laughs> that is caucus for this week. Kia ora, I'm Julian. <laughs> I'm Tim Watkins. And, and, and you can edit I'm that speechless. <laughs> and you can edit that bit out from Hell me. Hell no. speechless. That's so staying in. But maybe let's go out on Shane Jones again. <laughs> I'm back and making Northland great again. Shane Jones Believe them, taking funnels to the ceiling. They came back in the iwi, oh yeah.